Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 84. Joining me this evening, so they say, Ian. Hi, I'm back. Did you miss me? Also, from his secret underground lair, Sean, Mac, whatever your name actually is. You know, I'm going to bring up now that when I talked to you yesterday, you didn't know that the podcast was going on tonight. Yeah, I thought it Your first reaction was, okay, well, who moved that? Yeah, I thought we moved the date because we – because okay, hold on. I'll defend myself here. And Kimberly, of course. Yes, hello. <laughs> so here's what happened. We, we recorded a week early, and I put the podcast out early. I, I – and Susan, uh, Susan bullied me into it, right? I got bullied here. Okay. Yeah. And so I put it out a week early. So I was totally off. I thought we had another week or something. And and I'm going. Wait, what? Wait, what, did, did we move the date? No, no, apparently not. So I thought it was a conspiracy against me. No. After I got bullied. Only a little bit of a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> not a global conspiracy. No, no. Say. Well, no. I mean, I'm not that big. How is everybody? Doing all right. Good. Excellent. I'm we glad just to had hear. a heck of a weekend for uh, for skeptical stuff. We did. We just had skeptic camp, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I I remember being there. <laughs> was that you? That was me. <laughs> I think this is that was my maybe my fifth or sixth skeptic camp. I can't remember which which one it was for me. But it's actually, my, my first yeah. one, I believe, was when you guys started. When you and Ian were talking at that skeptic camp on the panel. So, what year was that? I don't know. That was my first skeptic camp. Yeah, that was my first yeah. one as well. I've done, I, and then so I've done three in Denver, one in Fort Collins, and one in Colorado Springs. Okay. I've only done the two. All right. And I'll be going to Colorado Springs for the next one, I think too. I think I'm going to try to make it up there for for theirs as well. Good and I'm actually hoping to have a presentation ready, so we'll see. Oh, you're going to present? Good yeah, job. I have an idea of a, of a talk that I want to do that's been brewing, and uh, and I, I I think it should be quite good and quite entertaining. You know, I always struggle with this because, you know, cause we get we get some stuff that is like it's really good, like you know, well maybe not really good, but like it's talking about homeopathy and its problems and and other stuff like that that is like really like taking a skeptical angle of stuff. But skeptic camp can also be just about sharing some sort of science, and and I think that I'm probably would be better at that piece of it than trying to break something else down because I'm not usually as interested. In some of those topics, so I have a, an idea for some for stuff stuff that's more tech related that I'd like to present that I think will be better for me. But like this week, we had a, we had a guy talk for what half hour about hops. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a uh, well, and I don't know. Um, I it, thought I thought his was just a, like an interesting premise because he seemed to believe that I and other people had lots of preconceived notions and that we'd been taught very strongly to always use hops and. Um, I think what he failed to take into account was that I've never had any thoughts towards brewing my own beer and I'm not, you know, like he, he was kind of railing against the indoctrination of right. hops and well, I didn't feel yeah. there was an indoctrination. No, I, I don't think so either. I've never felt that way. In fact, I knew that beer didn't used to have hops in it. That was not exactly a shocker to me. Um, the history was interesting. I didn't know it was about money, right? How prevalent is this hops culture? Well... You know what? You look at you look at beer right now, and you have and all these damn hop heads. You know they want these IPAs that are you know so full of hops that you can't taste anything else. That they're and they're just terrible people. Hops does not make a beer alone. I will have a stout or a porter over over an IPA any day. Give me the malt. If hops made a beer alone, then kangaroos would be the best brewers on the planet. Wrong kind of hops. Well. I say we bring back the grasshopper thing. <laughs> <laughs> the cricket? The crickets, that's what I meant. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> uh, right. Yeah, so that was, so, I mean, but I, I like the one on the metric system. I'm curious yeah, like as to where, yeah, I'm curious as to where he got his numbers about the costs of not converting to the metric system. He, he claims $16 per day per citizen is the cost that the U.S. incurs for not switching to the metric system. Right. That okay. sounds like a bargain to me. You think it's you think it's higher than that? No. I just think that I think that that's a fair price to pay for not switching to the metric system. Well, it, it seems gets, high to me. It gets worse. But I I think that I think that it's well worth the price if that's the price. No, no, no. I well, I mean the prices are I, well, okay, the other thing, the other 
claim that he made is that they were, they were, that on both sides of the street, they were building a building that was pretty much identical. On one side of it, they used the imperial system. On one side, they used the metric system. And he claimed that the waste was much higher from the imperial system. But the problem with that is what if the people doing on the, on the builders that were doing the metric side were just better builders? Yeah. I mean, so that unless there's some problems there. I mean, there was a scale, and and there's a lot of other factors involved. You know, where the materials were coming from. If they were coming from a metric source, then obviously they probably fit the metric side better. But I mean, we weren't talking about you know the the imperial side used two wheelbarrows and the metric side used one. It was hundreds of pounds of waste difference. Right. Which, I mean, assuming that both houses are still standing now would probably not point to uh, fluctuations in builder ability. But, I, I mean, okay. but it's not scientific. Well, no, it's no, no. Not, that, I'm no. not even talking about what it, I mean, what if the, the – yeah, well, the problem is is that you really got to – there's no control, <laughs> okay? Right. 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 So so I don't know how you do that. But there were some other um, – I had some other issues with – I mean, just just how did he source these numbers I and, and – I, and in a well, half hour talk, he's got a whole blog on yeah, it. And, I, I, and he's another one I'd love to have to come on here maybe to talk about it some more because I found it fascinating. I do but too. I'm, I'm a little fascinated. Mac, what, what do you have against the metric system? Do you have a real, you, you, you seem to think that we shouldn't switch. You're right. And even if it wasn't the money, I think switch. we should. I think we shouldn't switch. And there's a very good reason why I think we shouldn't switch. Because it's what Please. you know. I happen to be an American. Yeah. Yes. No, and I'm proud and, to be an American. Here's the, here's my thing is that I think that uh, some of the arguments he makes I think are slam dunks like the the um adding different um like you know like inches, feet and centimeters um you know as opposed to the metric system where you have you know meters, millimeters, centimeters. Um it's much easier those conversions are much easier. Fr- fractions are stupid. It's not as intuitive where I think that the metric system handles that stuff way better. And so I think that some of those arguments are uh, – I think there are I, superior – I think the metric system okay, is superior. I, I agree with you that the metric system is actually probably a more efficient way of measuring. But, you know, there's still the fact that we have resisted the metric system in this country pretty much as a country for a long time. Well, but the argument they always make is the cost to move over. Yeah, there would be quite a cost to move over. Well, and once again – he says he's done the numbers and that we would, that we would get a return on our investment that, that, that what it would cost us, we would make back in one year based okay. on what it's costing we, us to no, not. If we get him on here, we ought to get, we ought to get dumbass on here too because yeah. he's Canadian. Well, and they, they kind of use the metric system. Yeah. <laughs> it's my whole point. It's the only person I know who does. Well, but here's the thing is that we're one of what, three countries that are holdouts? Who are the other two? Um, he had a map. <laughs> it, was a, it was a Myanmar. Okay. Or it was some. They were really pretty. Abs- yeah. Let me ask obscure. you. Let me ask you a very important question. These these two buildings, one one using the imperial system, one using the metric system, no, no, you across can, the street no. from each other, right? That's his claim. Okay. How tall is the one they built using the metric system? Well, it's for ants, and on the other side, it was for uncles. No, seriously, how tall was it? I don't know. Okay. Uh, see, I was looking for an answer in feet, which would which would actually prove my case. But oh, oh, you were gonna. Oh, what if I just said two stories? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that question. Exactly. Right. There you go. Right there. I got gotcha. you. You got me. Well, Checkmate. I thought, I thought it was a good, interesting speech. It was, on that well, one. it was. It was highly interesting. I. I just have. I. I. You know. It's. It, it's something I'd like to look into more. I have, if, if it makes us ask these questions, then it must have been a pretty good presentation. Absolutely. It was, it was a very good presentation. Yeah. All right. Um, there were some, there were, I mean, I thought most of them were fairly strong. Um, the one just before I left was weak. The, we, uh, the woman who got up to tell us about her new version of the secret. Yeah. Um, well, no, it isn't the new version of the secret. I mean, it, the books are, um, conversations with God is what she was talking about. And they're kind of just they're, they're like they're they're a a guy who was doing some automatic writings that he was having a conversation with God. So they're called conversation with God, but the fact of the matter is is that this guy was having a conversation with himself. He was answering himself. It, it's it's what they call automatic writing. That's all it was. I don't I have read very little 
of these books. Um, but they're one of these kinds of books that if, you know, you read them and you get something out of them, great. They're not necessarily evidence for the existence of God in any way that, that I know of. You know, maybe I don't know as much about him as I think. But yeah, I would say the presentation was weak. I don't even know what her point was. <laughs> so she actually yeah, came well, to Skeptic the Camp to do a presentation defending the existence of God. No, no, she didn't try to okay. defend the existence. She was just talking about the books. Okay. And which is fine. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but like I say, I don't know what her ultimate point was. At least the hops guy had an ultimate point. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, no, and I was, I, I gotta say, I was a little bit, what I was taken back on, on her little speech was, we're so very frequently told how arrogant and rude we are, and yet no one interrupted her. Nobody kind of said, you know, you don't really seem to know what you're, your, your grasp of quantum physics is so extraordinarily off that you're not really speaking English the way you think you are, and nobody stopped her. She got her 12 minutes and got to say what she wanted to say, even though, I'm fairly sure she didn't have a single convert or agreer in the what, audience. What was her point? What was she what was she trying to say? That positive thinking will quantumly affect the universe oh. and all you gotta do is stay positive. Oh she, oh, I, I think I, I think I had to leave in the middle of hers. You you did in fact, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah so you, right. you missed all of that's why I called it the secret redux. You're I mean, right. Okay. It's the same I, kind of bullshit, you okay. know. Stay positive, put positive energy out there, the universe will turn to positive energy because energy can't be destroyed, and I don't know what the hell quantum physics is. And there's good evidence to show that positive thinking doesn't actually make anything any better. (laughs) Was you aware of what skeptic was? The positive thinking doesn't necessarily make anything better. That's not quite true. At the very least, it can give you a better attitude about something that's happening. Well, no, but we, but we've shown, they've shown that like the, you know, the affirmation stuff, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me, doesn't actually work. It actually makes things worse. It has an inverse effect. Ooh, interesting. What they're saying, because it, people who don't already have a positive outlook of themselves, who are trying to give themselves one through those kinds of affirmations, actually, actually have a, um, get a, a, a detriment in their outlook. Where people who already have a positive outlook, who do that, who just say, yeah, I'm, I'm good enough, you know, um, they, they will get a boost from it if they already have a positive outlook of themselves. Okay. So it, so it, so it has to start from an initial point. You already have to like yourself well enough to believe that you're that you are good enough, smart enough, and gosh darn people like you. We we'd covered that on the podcast once before. Yeah, I think we have. True. Yeah. So like I said, just I just thought it was interesting that, you know, uh just that that we seem to have a lot of people who think that there's this, you know, rudeness and non acceptance. And I suppose I'm to some degree proving that since I didn't accept her stuff. But I wasn't rude about it. No and but, no, yeah. no one else was either, is my point. All right. Well, otherwise, I think, great skeptic. Yeah. Do we have um? Do we have some announcements? Anything you would that we sure, want well, to talk about coming up? Here? I got a quick thing I want to go over. Yeah, um, I know. Just helping a friend out. Yeah, I saw that. Um, basically, um, the Sam's Dot Publishing, who I've had a few stories published through, they have broken up. But some of the everything they all, all their regular publications still exist. Um, my friend Jay um Irwinline, who is a local author and editor. Um, he's taken on a few of them himself. He's been the editor of these for some time, but he's always done it through Sam's Dot. And now he's taken them to um, his own publishing house that he is in control of. And he's trying to get some funding through a Kickstarter campaign to get the next issue of the Martian Wave out there. So I'm just trying to encourage people, if you guys want to help out um, Small Press Publishing, which is actually a great place for writers to get started, and you can find a lot of talent there. This would be a nice thing to do. Um, you can pledge a dollar or more, and um, we hit the $15 mark and on up. They have different you know, levels of re- rewards you will get if they meet their um, level. So I just want to throw that out there and hope that maybe a couple of our listeners will go and help him. He has just over a month left on this Kickstarter campaign. So Do you, do you trust the Kickstarter stuff? Yeah. Really? It's actually um, been... You, know, you look at it, it's used quite a bit now, and uh, it's used for huge projects as well. This is a simple one. He's only trying to get seven hundred dollars. It is the and, perfect place to to present a scam. Yeah, it, the, I mean, because there's no accountability for these things. You make you make your goal, you get the money, you disappear. True. There's no accountability. But this one, I know the guy personally, All and right. I can guarantee. You know, he, there you go. Like, so, so if you give money to this and you don't get anything <laughs> from it, I will get you Ian's home address. <laughs> That's no, Jay, our Jay's pledge to you. I, I know Jay. I know him real well. 
he has integrity. I'm positive that if you were to pledge money to this, you will get exactly what he's promising. You can beat Ian up after school if you don't get your stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm putting a buck in just for that. I'm hoping I get disappointed. <laughs> no. All right. Kimberly, do you have anything you want to announce? Sure. There's some events coming up in town. Uh, we've got, let's see. I'm trying to push this out far enough so that it will hit, will hit the, uh, the, the iTunes before it comes out. Uh, Thursday, May 2nd, uh, we're showing Inherit the Wind over at the Secular Hub for movie night. On Saturday, May 4th, the Free Thought Exchange is going to be working with the Waterstone Community Church for the Nine News Health Fair. We've worked with them before, um, and they're, uh, I mean, it's an evangelical church, but uh, we've talked about the Free Thought Exchange before and their mission. And, um, well, the Nine News Fair, Health Fair is, uh, is doing good stuff. So if you want, go out there and support them with that. I, that's at 8 o'clock in the morning, though. Um, the Recovering from Religion is having their monthly meeting on Saturday at 11. Uh, every Sunday we do coffee and community over at the Hub. And i got to tell you, that has been just a lot of fun. We had uh, a, a secular songwriter or singer from Australia come in on Saturday and do a live music performance, which was really great. Her name's Shelly Siegel. Um, she really blew everybody away. She was terrific. And so the next morning, um, a bunch of people who were at the concert the night before brought in their instruments and just were jamming, you know, just putting the songs together on their own. And, you know, other people like me who have no musical talent were working on their computer. So it's a lot of fun. Stop by if you'd like. I, uh, I just want to suggest one other thing. If um, there's an interview with Shelley Siegel on the last FFRF podcast. Oh, okay. Um, so, and, and it was a really interesting interview. Check Good. that out. Yeah, she was great. Um, but there is a th- I don't have a whole lot coming up on my list here. I don't know if this isn't updated. Well, that's um, okay. Just tell me where they can find the community calendar if they want to find more events. Yeah. Um, just trying to make sure there's nothing else big coming up because Skepticamp was really kind of looming for a long time. Yeah. Um, the only other big one I've got coming up, uh, and this isn't until July, is we're going to be doing the second Colorado Secular Conference. Um, and we are now set for July 20th on Saturday. We've got Seth Andrews from The Thinking Atheist coming out, it looks like, and Catherine Stewart, um, who wrote about the Good News Club and presented with Richard Dawkins a couple of months back. Um, we'll both be there for that, and we'll have some more speakers, and I'll have more information on that going forward. And that's and, uh, what we got. Yeah, so and Wednesday, or no, I'm sorry, Saturday, June 29th, will be the Colorado Springs Skeptic Camp. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Excellent. So now, uh, what do we got here first? We have, uh, we're, oh, okay, Ian, you're gonna, you're gonna really, really, really yeah. go off on. I mean, this Jeez. is just, you want to talk about sick and depraved and just, I, I, I don't know how you justify this, but, um, the story is baby burned alive. Suspects believed baby was the Antichrist. And if that doesn't, the headline alone doesn't get you the rest of this, uh, okay. In Chile, this cult, um, basically took a three-day-old baby, taped its mouth shut with duct tape, and burned it alive. And the mother was involved in it. And it's like, I, I'm not sure how, you know, nothing about that makes sense. It, it's just, I, I can't figure out how you get to that point. I, it sounds like people's beliefs just got, just got completely out of hand, and they did something that we would consider crazy, but the logic, the logic in their belief is pretty much self-explanatory, which is they thought that they were saving, they thought they were saving the world from the Antichrist. Yeah, well, even if you, if you believe in the Bible, that doesn't make sense. That's the other thing. I'm looking the at The Antichrist like, is not in the Bible, is it? No, it's actually, so. it's actually not. And that's one of the, one of the issues with the Antichrist. But the other, the other thing here is <laughs> we, we have to consider that mental illness. I yeah. mean, we, you're talking about a child that you're accusing well, of being the Antichrist. It does talk about um, using a hallucinogenic brew to control the members of the group, the guy who led it. So, you know, he was definitely making sure they didn't have any sense of reality at all, it sounds like. Is this a cult? Oh, yeah. uh, more or less. That's, um, it doesn't give it any... It says it's a 12-member cult. So it may yeah. be hard to get reliable information at this stage, too. Yeah, but... It, Although it, it, it... Go ahead. Whenever you see something like that, it tilts me. I mean, this is what religious extremism can go to. If, you know, when people somehow don't have the right doors in their minds to shut out and divide reality from bullshit nonsense. And this is just beyond fucking messed up here. This is, these people, you know, they, they've crossed the line. And this is the stuff that bothers me the most about religion. You know, we, we, you we know look what? at religion I... and, 
a, there's a lot of stuff that's screwed up. This is beyond that. This is when, you know, we know their brains have shut down a simple level of how reality works and, you know, to actually be able to sit there and watch a helpless baby be burned alive. I you know that, that's, I, I can't figure out the mentality that says, you know, that there's anything that makes sense to that. Right. But if you are convinced that, that, that but is the Antichrist. More, it's, it's chilling that there are people that can get to that level. That's well, the main thing I'm saying. You know, the fact it's, that they can go to it, that point. It's the same thing with the, with the faith healers that we, we see these people, uh, you know, I mean, starving their, or denying their children medical attention. Um, I, I saw another article today about, uh, three gay teens that were starved and tortured, um, at a, at a, like, kind of a, um, a, a like, gay camp, like, turn them straight type of camp. Um, but I haven't found a good source on it, so I'm not putting it in the, uh, in the podcast, but you know, this kind of stuff, it, it, it happens. Yeah. Um, and it, it should send chills down everyone's spine. The fact that there are people out there that can go to this level and they don't seem to think it's wrong. It's like, no, I, I you know, they, they say, you know, atheists are supposed to be immoral. I'm sorry. I have more sense than this. I know this is wrong. I know all this other crap that we keep hearing about is wrong. I don't need to believe in God to know this is wrong. And the fact that these people are claiming to believe in God and they don't understand this is wrong, it tells me that uh, you don't need religion to find morals because apparently half the time, you know, people don't quite connect right and they justify this purely immoral, unjustifiable behavior through their religious ideas. Okay, well, you but, can't really, you can't really tar everybody who's religious yeah. with the same brush here, I right? Because this is definitely an extreme case. Yeah, it's, a, it's an extreme minority too. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, we we could, I'll be yes, you, we could find one of these every week to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it, and true. there were there were podcasts where we did find some of these every week, although we is usually. Faith healing. We found one of these every week. To well, talk about. I was specifically looking for faith healing, but yeah. But the point is that you go looking for it, and you can find it. Yes. There's going to be one of these every week. Ian, my concern is it feels like it feels like you're not really plumbing the depths of your own feelings on this. I feel like you're <laughs> back in some way. Tell us what you really think. All right. Yeah. No. Um. The, this headline, and I don't like the site. I don't like the source, but I'll read it anyway. Three teens starved, tortured. And killed at gay conversion camp. But I have it. One of the sources on this is the beforeitsnews.com, which ah, is which is horrible. Suspect. Well, yeah. I, I, I sort of put this in there. I ran across a story. One family we had actually covered before that did the faith healing stuff that were on um, parole for it. They had another kid die. Yeah, they, they and, just now did it again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That, yeah. So I, I saw that story as well. Right. So, yeah. you know, and that was, that one was, that one was particularly scary because they didn't want to, they, they didn't want to keep the people in jail because of their other seven kids. Yeah. So they because they were all going to have to be put into social services if they put, I mean, it was it, scary. Yeah. But uh, uh, this to me is just, you know, extreme, extreme. I, uh, you know, ugh, the, the idea of burning a child alive, just, I can't, I still can't grasp how you could sit there and watch it. And, and what and, has to go into your mind to not understand how wrong that is. And most people couldn't. Most religious yeah, people couldn't. I, I don't, I don't, I, I really have trouble with the idea that this is, that this particular one is just about religion. There, there is more going on here. Uh, you know, this is not going to happen at my local Catholic church. Right. At least you hope. Unitarians well, and, on the and, and not those now. People are crazy. Well, okay. In the past, uh, yeah. I, all right. So I have an update on a story. Um, we covered a while back. Do you remember, guys remember the, uh, dowsing rods that were supposed to detect bombs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the gentleman who, uh, perpetrated that fraud, um, oh, I do, I don't have the, I have the wrong link in here. I have Phil Plate's article, which was good. Um, this is James McCormick was selling the device. Yeah, James McCormick is the gentleman, and so he was convicted of fraud. Um, so the trial started in 2009. Now, this one originally they were trying to sell it in the United States. James Randi debunked debunked it, and it, what was funny about the way that they did it is that they they said that that the bomb that the explosives were in one of the buildings, but they had a truck parked right behind them the whole day. That had that had a that was just filled with with explosives, and they never once pointed to the truck, <laughs> and and they and of course they couldn't identify the the proper building and, and area in the building that had the explosives. So the and so the U.S. said you can't sell this here, so they sold it in what in the U.K. and Germany and some in other Iraq. places. 
Yeah, in our well, and then they got then they were you know those security companies took them to Iraq, and they were used there. And so the the numbers on what they sold for vary quite a bit. Um, this says from uh, sixteen thousand five hundred to sixty thousand each for for these for these and thousand. Wasn't bots. it wasn't it like a car antenna and a a piece of circuitry out of a garage door opener it, that uh, they were made out of? Oh uh, no, the the piece of circuitry was actually a um. Like one of those tags, one of those security tags. That's right. Yeah, I knew it was something absolutely yeah, ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. And you're right. And, and it's it. in, you know just an antenna. You can see in the picture here. Um, I mean that. I mean it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, I mean, there's no no reason to believe that this thing works. But they sold them. Um, and I think that they said how many? We got a couple million in sales from this thing. Anyway, it um, says he made millions. Yeah. He so, but he's going to jail. Um, I don't think the article said, I don't think he's been sentenced yet, just convicted. So anyway, uh, this to me was a great win. I mean, this, I I mean, because the number one, um, the the number one supernatural power, um, that, that people want to demonstrate for the million dollar challenge is dowsing. But this creep took it to a whole new level. Yeah. All right. So, so Ian. Where are we going to get started here? Because this is a topic for the night. This is a huge topic, and this is conspiracies. But you, this is pretty much recent stuff that you've put in here about the about the Boston bombing and Sandy Hook. Well, the reason why I um, actually came up with this one was on the recent bombing in Boston. I um, you know got on Facebook certainly, you know, and that's where I heard all the news. But as the news was coming in, I was also seeing everyone, all these people jumping to the oh, this is a false flag. Be careful, you know. Pay attention to what's going on because, um, you know, the government's up to something now. And I mean, they didn't even give time for anything to get out and they were already saying this is a false flag attack. This, you know, so the government's behind this. We know it. And I mean, seriously, nothing had come out. There had just been a bombing and that's all the information that was available. And they were already dubbing it a conspiracy without wasting time, which is like, wait a moment. You can at least wait until you have some credible information. I've heard 9-11 referred to as a false flag attack. Yep, 9-11 and also the well, Oklahoma City bombing. If you well, look and, at uh, it, the Kennedy assassination, too. Sure. Pretty much, as far as I can figure, according to these con- um, conspiracy theorists, everything is a false flag. I mean, n- not a single shooting or bombing or anything is legit. It's all the government scheming. Everything. And it's like, wow, they're doing a lot. <laughs> um, do they really have that many different um, scandals going on at once to... Well, That's I will thing. say this. If, if the government, if our own government is behind all these different things, that branch of the government is the branch of the government I want handling everything else because man, they are efficient. <laughs> right. <laughs> they don't miss a trick. Yeah. It would be scary. Yeah. But I don't think our government's competent enough to be able to do these. Right. <laughs> the truth. But so the first article um, I put up here talks about exactly what a false flag is for those who don't know. Basically, a false flag is a distraction. We're supposed to pay attention to the big news story and the government's going to go behind our back and do something else and we won't really pay any attention because they have all this stuff to um, hide it behind. Everything. You know, for instance, the, the, um, the false flag theory of 9-11 is that the terrorists on the planes were actually probably CIA operatives. Right. Or that's one false flag theory. That they weren't, they weren't actually terrorists. They were our own people launching this attack in order to, to grant America, the government, uh, heightened security powers. You know, one of the problems with all of this stuff is we only have so much information to work from. Right. And, and I, and, and particularly in this case, we knew the FBI was holding out. Which was fine, right? They were conducting an investigation. And people are making assumptions based on the information that was gathered by third-party sources. Right. Well, it's interesting. One of the pictures I saw um, was showing the um, street where the bombing happened, and they showed a guy up on the roof walking around. Who is this guy? I'm like, well, it's a busy Boston street at times, a big event. It could be anyone. Right. And they look for all these weird little simple things that's like, actually, there's no justification why that would have anything to do with a conspiracy because there are going to be people up on the roof of the buildings. There are, it was like, um, for the Oklahoma, not the the, um, the, the, the school shooting, the Sandy Hook thing. There, I saw stuff about how, oh, there's, well, there's a second shooter because the police had a guy outside the school and, um, had him with his hands on his head. Well, 
Actually, if any person was in the area at that time that shouldn't have been there, more than likely the police detained him. It's like, hold it. What are you doing here? Stay. Get down. And, you know, the guy's like, okay, you know, you, you don't argue with the police at that time. You get down let, you know, because, you know, they can't just let people roam in and out freely. So it's the dumbest thing to say, oh, the second shooter because the police detained someone else right outside right after the shooting happened. Like, no, there's a lot of logic as to why they would detain anyone in that area at the time. Right. Because so, they the don't know if there's a second shooter until they check everything out and check out people who are in the area that may may look suspicious to them. That's the police doing their job. Right. And with the Boston um, bombing here, um, a lot of the stuff that looking at for evidence is like, well, do you know how chaotic everything had to have been? The, right. the first one we show is the picture of the guy in the wheelchair with his legs blown off. And they give all sorts of evidence as to why um, that's wrong. Although, personally, I think he's very pale. They're claiming he should be in shock and pale. Well, he does look like he's in shock and pale. But here's the problem is that even though there are claims that these people are medical professionals in some way, like the one woman claims she's an EMT, well, that does not make her a trauma specialist necessarily. No. And the other problem is she's – so she's pointing all this stuff out to us, right, in, in these pictures. Um, and I am not a medical professional, so I am not in a position to confirm or deny anything she is saying, but I do think that I disregard her because she's not a credible source. Also, you're in a chaotic situation. Things are happening fast. You're not there. You don't know exactly where everything's coming from. You to automatically look at a picture and say, oh, I know everything that's happening there. Like, no, you don't. You can, you know, you can make up whatever you want, but in a chaotic situation like that, one, you know, some of it's talking about, you know, rationally who, who was doing what. It's like, you're not going to necessarily be the most rational in the aftermath of a thing like that. You, you, even the people who aren't injured are going to be in a level of shock. There's going right. to be stuff that doesn't look like it makes any sense happening at that point. And to just go and say, oh, well, that person doesn't look like he's doing what would make sense for him to be doing at that point. It's like, how do you know? Right. I, that person just saw something gory, the explosion went off. He's sitting like, wait a minute, shouldn't I be dead now trying to figure out what the hell it just happened? He's, people are going to do stupid things at that point that don't make any sense. So that's another thing. You can't look at all, all, all the pictures and videos and automatically be able to tell what's going on because – your mind's not working. Right well, one of the things that they are doing is they are basing the reactions that they're seeing based on what how they think they would react in that situation. And there is no way to know how you would react in that situation until you're actually in it. So making those kinds of judgments has its own problems. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing. They were doing this before anything got out, you know, already making those judgments. And that, you know, mm-hmm. said that, these guys don't really care about credibility. They're more concerned with getting attention, it sounds like to me. You know, yeah. to, to actually not wait until you have any facts at all, but to jump. And then, of course, the fact that Obama said, no, we're going to actually put this guy through an actual trial, to me would hint that, well, I don't think he's trying to hide anything because it would be really stupid to be, do a public trial when, you know, you have something to hide. But that probably won't even get mentioned. Well, because what the, what the claim is, and what you're alluding to, but I don't think you specifically said, is that what people are claiming is that this was the what the CIA or the FBI that right. did the bombing, and all of the people that were injured were actually actors. Well, not all. I've actually oh, not seen okay. anything that says all. Okay. They slipped a whole bunch of actors in to make it more they want dramatic. To, they want us to think that the guy in the wheelchair is an actor and that he that yeah. he somehow managed to slip on a pair of prosthetics. One of the issues with what they are claiming is that there is no footage of those people prior to the explosion. They're only it's only after the explosion that we that we have that piece of the story. Right. In order to have a complete story. To, to back up what they were saying, we would need to have prior video showing the guy um, didn't already have like he was already on prosthetics or, or you know, or, or whatever, you know, um, it, because probably he, he was walking around. Right. So the, 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 it, it shouldn't be that hard to follow up on who some of these people are. But I put another article in here that I, I love the logic of. OK, it's on Natural News, which is a joke website as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's not a joke website, um, but it's certainly quite fallacious. You can't quite take it seriously. But um, OK, the government admits to using professional actors to play roles of victims in terror drill. And that, and basically you read the article and because the government admits to that, which actually makes sense, they're saying, well, that's um, how you can um, prove that they use professional actors to um, heighten our um, emotional state 
in all these various um bombings and stuff. Right. And interestingly enough, it says according to this ABC news article from 2004, and it's a link, but it doesn't link to an article. It links to just a list of like daily articles. So okay. right from the start, they're not. They're, I mean, they they're expecting people not to be checking their sources, or they're not sourcing well themselves. Well, that they, they don't usually source well. And the other thing that Natural News likes to do is use itself as a source. Yeah, I've seen that. But I, just you know, the, the logic isn't that. It's like yes, they will use act. It makes sense for them to use actors in drills. I mean, if if they're going to do drills, what are you going to do? Oh well, hey, let's shoot this guy. No, you're going to get actors to do it. And I'm trying to figure out what kind of actor would be willing to do these things because that kills your career. Like, oh, yes, I will go and pretend to be a victim that's going to be on TV like crazy and not be able to do any more acting after that because if I do, that will discredit what I did and um, everyone's going to know the truth. Right, but honestly... It would be guys without their Screen Actors Guild cards. I really don't don't care about that. What I'm more interested is in that they're making a claim that because they use professional actors for drills... Which they right. probably do. I, I don't have any reason not to believe that, and I really right. don't care if they do. There's a logic to that. There's a very obvious logic. Just to because, do. yeah, just because they did that doesn't mean that that they use them in this actual event, and right. that's the connection that they want to make. They 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 don't want you to be critical of the fact that hey, they're using actors, so those were probably well, just actors over there to to make a point. Why would they, they need to do they that? They want to make it appear that this event is actually a stage drill instead. Right. But it's a stage drill for everybody to see. Well, the other problem I have with that is even with the best intentions, if you think that you are doing a drill, you're going to be looking for the people dropping the bombs. Yeah. There's going to be some tells there. So I have some issues with with the idea that they would use actors for a real situation anyway. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would, I've been doing some thinking about conspiracy theories in general and you know the 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 conspiracy theorist pretty much wants to make everybody else as confused and frightened as they are because that way they're not alone it's my thought okay might be some logic to that right i mean but there's another side to all of this i mean what is, what is the purpose of terrorism terrorism I'm not is sure to, anymore. Create, <laughs> to create to uh, create terrorism just yeah. to create fear and to cause people to behave in a way based upon the fear that they feel. So if we don't go about our lives, if we, if we, you know, they say we're not going to be terrorized, but if we, if we lock down a city for a, for a couple of use with, with low yield weapons and small arms, who's doing the terrorizing? I mean, we didn't, if you, you, you got to go about your business. Yeah. Um, what was the, I don't know if you remember the line from the West Wing episode, the, the one that was the tribute to 9-11, where they were talking about, they asked, uh, Rob Lowe's character, Sam Seaborn, they asked him, what was the one thing that always surprised him about terrorism? He says, it's 100% failure rate. But I would, I, I think it's just the opposite. Well, I don't know. In this case, you're talking about how they had to shut down Boston for the manhunt. But they didn't and have I, to. They, they they declared martial law for this. I think it was complete overreaction, quite frankly. I think that well, I think that the that the government did as much terrorizing as these two individuals. Did they have a credible no, reason? Really to strong more statement. It is a really strong statement. But I I know. But I think p- part of it was they had to prove they were doing something. Well, I think that they wanted to look like they were ma- like they were doing something. But the fact of the matter is, is that now people know that if you want, if you, if you want a terrorist attack to work, it doesn't take much. One small bomb somewhere is going to shut down a city. Terrorism works. I mean, it's that simple. Well, I, I read some things and I, I don't have proof of it. I wasn't there or anything like that, that the area shut down was not the entire city. No, it was Boston. It was, it was Waterton, which is an area of Boston. It's an oversimplification to claim that the entire city was shut down. Okay. An area of the city was shut down. And that makes sense. And, and, you know, think about what we have in Denver for different areas of the city. If they shut down Capitol Hill for a manhunt, would you say Denver was shut down? Denver is yeah, dozens no, that, of no, square miles. True. Yeah, that's true. Okay. There's been local shootings and stuff, and they've, you know, cordoned off, you know, square blocks at a time. I remember when I was working at Walmart, we had one day where a cop got shot across the street, and we were kind of at the center of the shutdown, and they kept, you know, expanding it for a little while until they caught the guy. All right. Oh. So, okay, so, I mean, I, I, 
Okay. So there you go. I'm, I'm, I, I don't have clearly am, am over reacting to the, to the information I was given. But, but it, I mean, it, it does make some interesting points of, you know, what, what it is all about and what they're trying to do. Um, and, and I think the more interesting point is what the, like you say, the, what the, these conspiracy theory people are reacting to. Because their claims are so crazy and they, they use this, they think they're applying skeptical thinking to something when all they're doing is, is following these tiny little nuggets of half information down a twisty, turny rabbit hole. And I I think, you know, we, we, we touched on it a little bit. Um, I think Mac was really right to say, you know, they want other people to be as frightened as they are. And, you know, the same kind of way that people in a situation, I mean, there's, there's no way that sane people can get into the mindset of somebody who would bomb a marathon and hurt innocent people who are simply running for, you know, either their own thing or for charity or what, regardless of what they were running for, you know, to do that. If you can get into the mind of a terrorist, you should go see somebody because you're fucked up. <laughs> They're fucked up, you know. No, um, no, the, and when we the, come up with these theories, it's it's because we can't understand it. The world seems scary and horrible, and I don't get it. And it bothers me. That I think is what's behind all of this. The nine eleven theories, this Boston Marathon crap. Um, it's it's just I think this fear mongering redirected at I won't be as scared if everybody else is as scared as I am. Now one of the That's things that I, w- within it that I like to hear is the fact that I mean when it happened apparently you had people who were in the marathon who just run like crazy who stopped what they were doing went and helped out and even afterwards went and donated blood and stuff like that. You had people who stood up to the tragedy and, mm-hmm. you know, that's... And more, in fact, me, you always do. Yeah. yeah. To me, that's much more important than these idiots trying to um, make it into a conspiracy. And, you know, that's really what I wish these people would focus on is the positive aspects of humanity that come out of this. I mean, you put up the video um, of the one guy confronting one of the, thir- the conspiracy theorists. Right. And I think that's a really good vi- video because... To some extent, especially, you know, this was, the, the guy who was running the camera was getting pissed off, lived in that area. and was like, why are you making this into this kind of crap? This is disrespectful. This does not help anyone out. You know, why the, the crap you're making up, who does it benefit? No one. Right. They're exploiting the, the, the real people, the real victims, and the real heroes by making up this story that puts all of that destruction and pain and also heroism into like you know we're supposed to believe that's the fake part you know by by trying to make sense of a tragedy that that doesn't really make any sense and uh, like you say it's just it's i think a, a fairly common reaction that people have well not everybody obviously but people who are frightened i think have it but i, I very much understood why that guy was so upset seeing someone out and about actively you know reporting on it as a conspiracy theory yeah, and I, I really like what some of the comments talked about in that, too, about how we do have to stand up and call bullshit on these people, that we have to not accept that, well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. No, you're not. You're not entitled to your opinion that, that you're making up facts and that you are, like you say, this guy was coming into this man's neighborhood to report on stuff that was blatantly false for either just fear, I mean, the choices are fear-mongering, profit, or um, self-aggrandizement. You know, look at me, look at me. Those are the only reasons he could be doing now, it. And given what's going on, none of those, none of those are good enough for what he's know, doing. Kimberly, I really like the, I like the, the use of the word rabbit hole mm-hmm. in reference to conspiracy theories because it, that's really what it is. If the the logic is there, if you accept one premise, then suddenly everything in the conspiracy theory makes perfect sense. If you accept you know, if you accept one premise to start off with, suddenly you're sliding down the hole and everything that doesn't make sense, well, it makes sense under the under the umbrella of the conspiracy theory. And if it doesn't seem to make sense to you, that's because of this part of the conspiracy theory. Right. And Glenn Beck has been all over this. Have you guys seen anything that he said about this? I try to ignore him myself. Well, the one thing I, I'm there. The one thing I, that's I actively ignore him. Well, the one thing that is interesting that he is trying to do on this is he wants to spin the burden of proof on this and tell us that the government has to prove that the conspiracy is wrong and not ah. that he has to prove that it's right. And ah. it's really easy to sell this stuff because 
to well, especially to his audience, right? Because yeah. they already are going to accept Glenn Beck as a higher source than our gut than what the government and the FBI are saying. Yeah, well, and and that with that logic, how do you prove that you know if if he's saying okay, government prove it? Like, well, it's kind of like the people, the birthers. No matter how much proof Obama puts out there, oh no, 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 that's not good enough. You know how you prove it? You manufacture some. Well, <laughs> but. <laughs> but the problem is, is that it's very hard to prove a negative. Yes. You know. Welcome to the atheist problem, right? Well, exactly, right? <laughs> the, the, there you go. Yeah. But, you know, but I think it also comes down to that same kind of thinking um, that we always kind of rally against on the atheist cause is, you know, I may not be able to prove this negative, but there should be a fuck ton of evidence if you were right. And you don't have it. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like, uh, Mac was just referring to, you know, you've misinterpreted one thing and you've made a whole string of logical connections that are based on a falsehood. But real evidence doesn't allow for that. Well, and notice that a lot of the evidence that they, that, that they are using, I shouldn't even say it's not evidence, but it's, they're, they're trying to sway you with emotion. One of the, um, one of the articles in here has a video talking to the boy's mother. And she's she's talking about how her sons couldn't do this. Well, that's what I would expect to hear from most mothers. Right. Yeah. And and she's also speaking, you know, that the FBI was already, you know, watching these people. They knew what they were doing on the internet. My sons, yeah, they they told me everything. Ah, uh, so they were framed then. Exactly. It's that's a frame the, job. Although okay. the interesting thing is, since then, it's come out that both her and the oldest son were put on a terrorist watch list because of some reports. Um, Russia apparently reported them as being part of an extremist group. They never were, you know, taken as a serious threat, but both the son and the oldest, but the oldest son and the mother were both put on a watch list. Yeah. So, yeah, she probably was being watched by the FBI. Right. But, you know, on I the, guess... Uh, on the subject of the, the evidence uh, and the atheist problem and everything else, I just wanted to share a little bit. I was, I've been listening to this... 24-hour comedy station lately, and they had a Bill Hicks clip on there. And he was talking about, he was talking about talking with people who believe that the Earth is only 12,000 years old, and he says, okay, I have one question for you, a one-word question. Dinosaurs. And the answer he gets is, well, dinosaurs, dinosaur fossils were placed there by God to test our faith. And he's like, I think God put you here to test my faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I, I, you know, what a I guess one of my frustrations is is how inundated we are with the media on this thing, and maybe that's why I'm having such an overreaction to um, the lockdown in Boston. Is that with this 24-hour news cycle and with so many yahoos with the ability to put out misinformation, I am so inundated with this shit that I am just pissed off most of the time that that we're that we're covering covering it this much yes it needs to be mentioned it needs to be talked about but do we have to talk about it for 24 hours a day for for weeks on weeks on end with with with, without ever moving on how much time is do we have to spend on the boston bombing what is required before we can let this go and let those people heal i think that if there's new information they need to put the new information out but if the information's already been put out there they need to let it go that's and, my thought. And I would tend to agree with that. Get it out there. Hey, this happened. More when they're we both, have actual information. Unlike, both, both the Daily Show and the Colbert Report kind uh, of made fun of that because you had all these news agencies out there when it happened doing this huge reporting on absolutely nothing going on. And they're just saying, there, there are now cars driving by. There they go, down the street. And that was <laughs> it. That was what, because, not, you know, they, they, they had to be there because this is such a big news thing. But nothing was going on they could actually report about. So they were just, you know, there are cars going down the street. Was the level they were able to get out. Yeah. But it, it's just, if it was me and it was my loved ones, I, 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 you have to turn off the TV. You have to turn off the yeah. radio. Because how are you supposed to grieve and deal with it when, it, when, it, when it's just constant? How is the wound going to heal if somebody keeps sticking a finger well, in it? Well, there you go. And, and that's, I mean, uh, yeah, so... I'm frustrated by by the whole way that the the media is covering this, and maybe we're part of the problem because now we're covering it too. Yeah, but we're not covering it for a sensational one. I hope no. not. I mean, we don't. We have yet to make any money off doing this crap. I'd <laughs> love if true. we did, but that's a you know, really good point. <laughs> we're not doing this because we're out there trying to draw attention to ourselves. And say, hey, look at us! Look at us! You know, 
No, if we this. wanted to draw attention to ourselves, we'd have a promo at least. <laughs> but you know, we're, we're, so it's some of the approach of how you know you come to the discussion of it, and definitely an aspect. And the news is there to make it sensationalized and to make it bigger than it is, and to you know get people to think, oh, this news station is great because they're on target with telling me that someone's driving down the street right now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I guess my only suggestion, I, I mean, I don't know how you, you change the media thing, is just don't watch 24-hour media. I mean, it it really is. They're trying to fill a news cycle because they are being told that there's a demand, but I would challenge that, you know. And it's, again, if, if we don't like it, we, we have to be the ones to vote with our own, yeah, not really pocketbooks in this case, because watching TV is somewhat passive. But you know what I'm saying? Our watching TV fills their pocketbooks by getting advertisers who advertise to us because we're watching. And well, we can turn it off. And, and yeah, people yeah. by not watching, we stop that. Right. More people need to learn how to just turn it off. Well, and I, and I have. I have turned it off, and, and I haven't been keeping up. But one of the... but. You know, one of the issues that I have with, 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 with a lot of this is, and, and, and I sympathize with some of the conspiracy theorists in this regard is that you don't know for sure that anything you're being told is true. And I think that's where a lot of this comes from is that, that, yeah. that there's a fear that our government is lying to us and we can't believe a word that they say. And, and I understand where they're coming from, you know, with the lack of transparency that we have. I understand why these things arise. Uh, I think that they would probably arise anyway, even if we had complete transparency. Yeah. That would be a lie too, right? So it's a, but, but I understand the frustration there as well. How do you know what's true for sure? At what point can you trust what what's being said to you? You're gonna have to kind of go on your gut instinct and go on what seems to be the most likely to be true. Use Occam's razor. So do we? So what, do we trust the FBI or do we trust Glenn Beck? I, uh, I wouldn't trust Glenn Black. <laughs> well, but <laughs> I trust Glenn. Bla- I trust Glenn Beck to sensationalize himself. Well, exactly. Yeah, he, is he, he doing that? But the, and that's my point. We at some point you just have to you have to be willing to accept an authority, and yeah. and the 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 better authority in this case is the FBI. And are they lying to me? I guess that if I'm honest, they certainly could be. Yeah, but but I can't spend my day. Worrying about that. What if every single thing that these conspiracy theorists say is true? How does that we affect live my in a day tomorrow? Fucked up world. Well, yeah, but I'm, how does that how does that affect my day tomorrow? It, it doesn't. It I go to work. Yeah. But if if all they say is true, then you don't have any. It, it also doesn't make sense. You have so many of them so out there and open. It's like, well, if the government was trying to cover this stuff up, don't you think they'd be able to silence some of these guys? They don't seem to be trying very hard to silence you guys. They just kind of let you go. You know, yeah, and so it, it's very frequent that the, all doing of the a really information crappy job. Is, yeah. yeah, all yeah. the secret information is being kept from you. Except for us, you know, yeah, we, we've got how, it. it <laughs> well, what if, what if they are, what if, what if they're actually working for the government and it's just a big mi- misinformation <laughs> campaign? Oh, that the conspiracy theorists themselves are the false flags. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, that's a wonderful conspiracy theory. I like that. <laughs> I do too. Well, who gave you that to give to us? Uh, no one. What I, agent? No. What agency? Oh, oh, I can't. What uh, agency no, behind it? No agency gave that. I no yeah, none. Yeah. No. It's no. Not like we're connected no. to Ryan and Baxter, who apparently are part of a big cover-up thing. Well, I have seen them riding around in unmarked vehicles. <laughs> Yeah, but they, um, I, I, as far as I know, they don't have a bottomless checkbook. Times I've gone out with them, I've had to pay my own way. So if they have the bottomless checkbook, like, what was it? Who was it? The, what's his name claimed? I know his name, and it's not coming to me right now. The UFO guy. Yeah, um, Stan Romanek. He was claiming they had, like, a bottomless checkbook from government funds. It's like, you know, if they have that, they're very cheap. Yeah, they are. They're frugal. <laughs> no, Stan Romanek, I think, is who you're talking about. Did yeah. Stan Romanek really claim no. that? It's the other guy. Or, oh, you're yeah. talking about the guy who ran for, uh, who, uh, did he ran for governor and before that he had the yeah. Proposition 100. Um, Jeff Peckman. Jeff Peckman. Yeah, Peckman apparently was making that claim about them. But like I said, if, if, if those claims are true, they're cheap asses, man. Yeah, uh, we've been are. out drinking with them and we've had to pay our own way. It's, <laughs> but, and if we're part of a, a government agency, they're treating us like crap. And, you know, I, I don't know what perks we're getting from it. But the, the, the other stories I have up here, you can look, I, I mean, seriously, there are conspiracies on every big thing that's happened. Sandy well, Hook, um, the Aurora shooting, Columbine. 
every the, single one of those. That page on the Aurora shooting, by the way, is brilliant. Um, I, I love the fact that down below he's got a he's got a tag on here saying that the original purpose of gun control is to protect the Klansmen from their victims. Gun control is racist. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that link goes to a. Uh, an interesting whole blog the guy does uh, about everything. There's like a million, seriously, uh, conspiracies over every little thing. I, I, I skimmed through it, saw him, it's like, wow. Yeah, but here's a, is, a is, but is it, is this tongue in cheek? Because, well, nope. the thing on the side says, warning, this site contains conspiracy theories. No, this isn't tongue in cheek. Really? This guy really believes it. The, the basic warning he put up there is, I think, because he knows that, um, you know, there are people like us out there. And so, if, you know, yeah, maybe. Okay, this link in the mass shooting at Aurora Batman screening article, bog, whatever it is, this link about the Black Awakening doesn't go to anything about the Black Awakening that I can see. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up the Black Awakening though and find out what it is. Okay. Because he has it italicized and in orange, and it must be important. And it is, uh, it's amazing how apparently effective and incompetent our government is at the same time, according to people. And the government well, can pull off all these um, bombings and shootings and stuff, controlling all the people and everything else, but they can't keep the conspiracy theorists quiet about it. I got to tell you, I'm not completely convinced that that, that this site isn't tongue-in-cheek. I've read some of his other stuff. It, it, to me, at least, it sounded legit. Like, you know, he believes in it. You can Maybe. Just some weird stuff on here to, I mean. Yeah, there, there's a lot. Uh, I forget all the stuff. I, I, like I, I skimmed through it and there's some really bizarre, bizarre ideas. He covers so many different things. Anyway, you know, the, the, the thing that always strikes me about, the thing that always strikes me about conspiracy theory and everything else that goes along with it is that everything is part of the conspiracy theory. Well, but, and, yeah. You know, if something happens to the conspiracy theorist, if nobody pays any attention to the conspiracy theorist, it's because that's part of the conspiracy. If something happens to the conspiracy theorist, he got too close and somebody took him out. Well, Kimberly gave us an article on a conspiracy theory poll, um, basically who believed what. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's very telling when you, when you look through this. Um, 37% of voters believe global warming is a hoax. Uh, 51% don't. Republicans say global warming is a hoax by a 58 to 25 margin, but we kind of, but that one we kind of already knew. Uh, 6% of voters believe, um, Osama bin Laden is alive. Yes, but more people believe the moon landing was faked than believe that Osama bin Laden is alive. That is, that is true. Uh, 20 stats I've got here. Yes, still believe in the, uh, the UFO crash at Roswell. You know, and that's, that's a pretty good one. You know, the whole Roswell one is interesting because you look at retrospectively how all that information was pieced together over an amount of time. And I think that even, um, like I listen to the Paracast a lot and those guys, even they cringe when people bring up Roswell as a, as proof of anything. Yeah. 4% of voters say they believe lizard people control our societies by gaining political power. Yeah. I thought, isn't that, <laughs> I, I thought that was the lizard aliens. people just, just, just herp fanciers, or are they something? More <laughs> and I think they're talking about the. Re- I think they're they're called reptoids or whatever. Are they? Re- I thought they're the Raelians. Are the Raelians something, do- something else? Yeah, Raelians, have- Raelians are a religion, right? I think the yeah. reptoids are an alien. Are they reptoids? That are- right, and they're yeah. the one, they're the ones down and below DIA when you, you can catch sight of them supposedly while you're ri- riding the train and all that construction work they're doing there. That's not because Denver is a huge city and its airport is expanding. It's creating this. This is the theory I've been told by somebody I have to count as a friend because I've known him forever, but man, he kills me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's for an underground tunnel. They just, that's where they're yeah. dumping out all the dirt, the underground tunnel that goes from the airport directly to the uh, federal center out in golden. Because yeah. apparently our government is good enough to hide a conspiracy theory involving aliens and underground railroads that go 20 miles, but they couldn't figure out how to open up a hospital closer to the airport. Okay, and if they're digging a, if they if they're good enough to dig an underground railroad that goes 20 miles, but they can't figure out how to actually hide the piles of dirt, right. that concerns me too. 
Yeah, Isn't it, I thought that was the Illuminati <laughs> that were doing that. Well, they're all the same people. That's well, the 20, other. That's the twenty-eight percent of um, apparently twenty-eight percent of voters believe in basically Illuminati, a secretive power elite with a global agenda is conspiring to eventually rule the world, the authoritarian world government or new world order. Fourteen percent of voters believe in Bigfoot. Oh, the next one's even the best, maybe. Fifteen percent of voters say the government or the media adds mind-controlling technology to TV broadcast signals. These are the tinfoil hat people. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Fifteen percent. That means anytime you're in a room with ten people, one or two of them believe that. Okay. I didn't see... <laughs> What's a uh, little disturbing about that is I guess they no longer actually broadcast. <laughs> A- am I wrong? There's only cable now, pretty much. Oh, that, well, that was funny. No, there's there's yeah. HD broadcast. Now, I was right? having a conversation with Joe Anderson to, this week, uh, and he was uh, um, uh, lamenting the fact that they that they took the Chemtrail 3000 out of his plane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 11 percent of voters believe the U.S. government allowed 9/11 to happen. 78 percent do not agree. There's some math missing on that. So there are well, there well, are the, like 11 percent that are undecided. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we we do not have great voting, great statistics for the people who are voting, and it's interesting that they they termed it as voters. So yes. they're not talking about kids. Well, they're um, they're talking about they they specifically reference the Romney and Obama campaigns in this, so it looks like this was poll. done during the during the presidential campaign. Well, yeah. it got well. This this particular article was published in April. Um, at the beginning of this month, but yeah, it does seem that. Uh, well, that who did who did they poll? Did they go through bo- voter voter polls in order That's to do this? That's what I would guess, but doesn't. Yeah, I mean, well, they might have gone. They might have asked some specific. This might have been something where they asked specific polling questions to find out where people stood on issues, so that they could put their candidate on, you know, one side of the of an issue or another, even if they're weird and, you know, probably non-issues. This they is, still want to know where people stand look on at these the, things. Fifty-one percent of voters say a larger conspiracy was at work in the JFK assassination, and only twenty-five uh, percent say that Oswald acted alone. My buddy with the Underground Railroad out to the Federal Center is is even way more convinced about the the JFK assassination. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's oh. it's interesting, and and like I say, it goes. I think it goes back to that part of again, people people want to make sense out of the insensible, out of out of what's you know crazy in our lives. They want to assign evil to things. They want to assign a greater evil to smaller evils. I th- yeah, I think maybe that's part of it, and just you know, it's just it's a hard world to live in where this kind of stuff happens, and you know, and it does go back. I realize these are not religious issues, but it does go back for me to that kind of just believability thing. You know, once you are trained to accept truth with a capital T without evidence, it leaks. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's one of the reasons that I am I'm an anti-theist, not just an atheist. I mean, I do believe that that this stuff has impact, and and no matter how liberal or you know good feeling and doing good works that these things do, and I appreciate the good works and the good feelings and all that stuff, but just the idea of training people to believe shit without evidence, or that goes against all of the evidence provided, has a danger. And this is true for the wackadoodles in the Westboro and, you know, the completely progressive Unitarians down the street. When you start believing stuff without evidence, it will leak. It'll go into other places and you will, like you say, start worrying about chemtrails and lizard people and statistically anyway. Kimberly, I, I want to put an objection in there about wackadoodles in Westboro and then normal Unitarians. Okay. <laughs> I would prefer that you use. I would have preferred that you use something that had a little bit more alliteration or assonance when you were talking about uh, the Unitarians, just for sentence, sentence sim- symmetry. Personally, you're right. You're right. Um, I I am not the poet of the group. It's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you had such a promising start with the with the wackadoodles from Westboro. Wackadoodles from Westboro was inspired. You're right. But yeah, I, I I let I let it go. I apologize. How about the weenies from the Unitarian Church? That doesn't have a U in it. No. Yeah, I think we're looking for astronauts <laughs> here. Hmm. Um, okay, so I'm a better poet than Brian. <laughs> well. 
Are you kidding? <laughs> Come on, Ian. You're the writer. <laughs> yeah, that, you're the writer. Yeah, I'm not in a poet, poetic mind state tonight. Sorry. The wishy-washy Unitarians. I don't care if you're a poet or not. It's, See, I, I want to go W on this. Wishy-washy too. Unitarians. Uncertain Unitarians. Oh, there you go. Or, yeah, I don't know. But there we are. Anything else, guys? I, I think that we're about done. I think we've talked this one down. Yeah, we, we, have, we have beaten this into the ground. All right, say goodnight, everybody. Right, Good night. That's another podcast in a shallow grave. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. You can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics Podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under Creative Commons No Derivatives 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and podcast album art is provided by and copyright Shadow Digital portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. 